Ladies and gentlemen, Graffiti Talk Radio. Talk Radio. This is Derek Talley, and I got my man Bamba in the house. What's up, Bamba? Yes, sir. Right here, homie. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest with us today. Please welcome Two Four, aka Stack Malone, from the legendary Town group, The Snipers. What's up, Two Four? Hey, what's happening, money? What's the word? Not much, man. Yeah, I've been a fa- I've, yeah, yeah. I've been a fan from you for day one, man. Man, I appreciate it, man. It's real, man. The love is real. I appreciate that, man. I mean, we made the music for y'all, so it's much love. Oh, yeah, I always support. And also, I just want to say that of all the groups that I listen to daily on a daily basis, you guys is the only one I actually had a chance to sit down and chop it up with and hang out with me. So I appreciate that. Hey, man, it's back and forth, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. We out here in the field with the, with the soldiers, and we, we soldiers ourselves, so we appreciate that love. I appreciate the love. So, yeah, that's what's up. What yeah, yeah. We, we actually did sit down and crack some cans before, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We was in Carl's Garage, but they, they had me buy some Canadian mist. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Carl. Carl wanted that Canadian mist, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple questions that we wanted to ask. How old were you when you started rapping? Ah, man, I was actually 15 years old when I started, man. I got my first break in Chicago at a label called DJ International Records. Actually, we was we was actually doing, uh, they were doing house music at the time. House was the big thing in Chicago back then, you know. And uh, yeah. uh, I bumped into my man, Care Lexi. I went down there to, to actually, I went with my one of my friends, this guy named MC Silk. And we were going there to record one of the songs we had, and by chance I met Kay Alexi and Sundance and and uh, Rocky Jones, who was the owner at that time of DJ International Records, and I spit some, and they liked it, and it went from that session, and I was doing MC Silk, and they invited me back, and from then on I started ghostwriting for them, and I started doing it. I'm actually I actually have a couple songs that's still out of rotation uh, on uh, Kay Alexi's albums. Uh, uh, it's called uh, KP. We was in the KP posse back then. You know, everybody was posseing up in the yeah. 80s or whatever. But it was uh, the KAP posse. And uh, we had some. We had a, a couple songs, albums back then that's still out in rotation overseas, Germany. And so if people want to look into that, check out K-Alexi and uh, look for the joints that 2-4 is on on that. So we've been getting busy since back then. Actually, that's how our fast flow originated because we started to rap so fast over the the house tracks. And then yeah, when the, B, yeah. the BPM yeah. started slowing down, we just kept rapping fast. And so that's where, <laughs> where the style came back from. So shout out to KP, shout out to DJ International 
Sundance, all all the cats from back here that, that you know that held it down and uh, really gave us a chance to get in the door with it. So, yeah. All right, all right. Now, how did you get the name Two Four? Ah, it's funny you asked that. Uh, actually, you met my cousin Carlisle Riverdale. He actually gave me the name uh, Two Four. Uh, it was, it's, you know, it was, like I said, it was back to early '80s, so it's kind of corny how it started. But uh, I really didn't have a rap name when I started rapping. You know, when I was young, I was like 12 when I started writing my first lyrics. And uh, I used to go to John Hope, and we had a library there called the LMC. So that's the only thing we knew. So we called ourselves the Little Mike Controllers. And I used to watch wrestling a lot. So I had took. Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, his name was Dr. Death, and I called myself Dr. Death. And so after a while, that was really corny to me. And so I was talking to Carl. I was talking to Carl one day, and he's like, why don't you call yourself 24 Karat because your rounds like go. And like yeah. I said, it was corny. It was corny, so forgive me. But it went from 24 Karat, then they got cut short to 24 KT, then they got cut to 24, then they got slang. You know, we added slang to it, and they started calling me Two Filler. And it went yeah. to Philip Max, so that's where it came from. My cousin Carl gave me a nine two four. Well, you know, uh, remember my son? I was with that little boy. Well, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's producing now, and when it's funny now because right. when he started he started putting his music up, um, his cousin gave him his name, so they call him King Teflon now. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's going correct. to school for recording at MTSU, so you know if you ever need some heat. Brother, you know, you got my number. You can hit me up, and then, you know, I'll give you Malik's number, and I'll uh, make something happen. Yeah, we definitely will. Let's, let's do it right now. We already put it out there. Let's, yeah, let's do that. Uh-huh, okay. yeah. We've been working on another album, so, you know, I say, you know, I got one more. I mean, maybe a couple more, but, yeah, we definitely need some more heat, man. So, yeah, let's do it. We've been doing a lot of mixtape and underground stuff, so we, we might we might need him to give us that heat to get us back out on top where we want to be at right now. That's what's yeah, up. Was the name of the group always called the Snipers? Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. Um, when I started, like I said, I started going to DJ National Records. Uh, my man Chilla was already down there recording, and that's how I met him. And so uh, I'm, I'm originally from the South Side, even though everybody really knows me from the West Side. I'm originally from the South Side of Chicago, out of Inglewood. So. When I started going down there, he was from the West Side. We called ourselves Chi-Town Connection. Like, I'm from the South, he's from the West. But uh, he already he already had a squad called Snipers. Back then, it wasn't Snipers, it was Jigolo Snipers. It was just like a street thing, you know what I'm saying? And so after we got together and was rapping for about a year or so, we just came to the conclusion, like, why don't we just call ourselves Snipers? You know, it was just like, why are we not doing that? So we just that's how that name came about. It was already really there. He was already they already had the jiggle or sniper thing going on and we just kinda truncated it and made it sniper. So shout out to Chiller for that. That was his brand baby. I just jumped on board with it and it just fit sniper. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, when did you meet the legendary tractor? Um, let's see, that was uh Mid-90s, man. I want to say like 94, 95. We met him through Do or Die uh, and uh, Psychodrama. We used to, you know, all of us, all of the, the, the rappers in our era, we were all really close to each other in the same neighborhoods. From Twisted, Do or Die, to Brat, 
uh, crucial conflict, children of the ghetto. Those were, all of us were all in the same general area, you know what I'm saying? So um, psychodrama and, and do it down were like right down the block from us. And uh, they invited us to go to the studio one day, and then just so happened we were going to Seawall, creators of associated labels with Traxter there, and that's how we bumped into Traxter. I want to say it's like 94, 95, and we bumped yeah. into Yeah. Now, how did you make the decision to go to rap a lot out of all the other labels that wanted to sign you? You know what? That was a gift and a curse. I, I, to this day, that that question right there haunts the hell out of me, man, because, you know, we got flew down to New York by Jimmy Iovine and Interscope Records, and he wanted to sign us. And uh, at the time, I, I had no idea who Jimmy Iovine was. Nobody in my camp really did. We knew he was with Interscope. We knew about Interscope. But at that time, we were hearing so many things, like, you know, they they might want to change the style and change it. So when Rapalot came with the offer, we felt, you know, we was listening to a lot of space, a lot of downside music. We felt that they would be true to our sound and let yeah. us do our music our way. However, in hindsight, man, I wish we'd have waited on Jimmy, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wish we'd have waited on Jimmy. I'm not going to lie. Well, you know what? That's why I want to ask you. What do you dislike about the industry? Man, how long is this show? <laughs> I don't even think I got enough time. I don't even think I got enough. I mean, the main issues I got with the industry right now is just it's it's a lot more. You know, when we were coming up in it, it was it was more about your sound, your integrity. It was more about you know, your style, your format, your delivery. Now it's not even really about that. It's just about if you got money to put out your sound, your your music, you know, you can you can pay to play. And it's like it really screws up the game for real artists out here. It's like everybody's just buying their way into the industry. Now you don't even really have to be real. You don't have to have a good sound. All you got to do is just get a whole bunch of likes or, or, or basically buy your way into the industry. And everybody's sound the same. There's no originality. And then I don't yeah. know what's up with this 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 fashion that these people got going on. I'm like, oh man! Woman. I mean, that I, what the hell is that? I don't what what. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm so confused about this whole thing here, you know. But you know, this is daytime in the sun. I try not to, you know, downplay anybody for what they're doing. You know, they got to get it how they get it. You know, that's fine. But to be honest, I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on. With I got so many qualms with the industry and the state of the industry right now. I mean, I just wish we could get back to some good old music, even some gangster music, man. I don't know. Everybody's rich on every song now. I mean, ain't no more struggle. Ain't (laughs) nothing about, you know, every song is popping bottles. I mean, you got it. Where's the problems and where's the real life situations that, you know, we used to turn to music for to get our guidance from or get some uplifting from? Now it's like everybody's just rich. I mean, you know that's not the case. Yeah, so I right. think it's lost a lot of it's lost a lot of this real uh, commonality and the value in it to me, in my opinion. But you know, it's just me. Well, I'd have to agree with you. And but you know what? I I love you guys' style, the snipers. You got a very intricate style. Now, do you guys write your songs together or separately? Well, it depends. We always looked at our style kind of like a sniper. We did the hit like in any condition. So if one of yeah. us was out of town, we wrote it out of town and, and emailed it to the other one. But mostly, for the most part, we wrote together. And sometimes I might be aware and come up with a hook and uh, and a format for a song, and then I bring it to the guys, and then they write to it. 
So it varies, you know. It, it, it depends on where we at in life or where we at in the world. But, you know, 80 to 85% of the time we sit down and we write together. Well, that's, that's cool. Now, you, when it comes to writing or anything, what inspires you, brother? I mean, real life, just real life situations. I, I find myself writing about, especially nowadays, you know, I, I write about what's on my heart and what I see, you know, like a, a regular artist does. Back then, the stuff we were writing about, you know, it was real street, edgy, and savvy because that's what we were living, you know. We was living that yeah. life, so. That's yeah. what that's what we saw. That's what we did. That's what we heard about. So that's what came out. I mean, to be honest, even though that's our music, I look back at it and it was like, you know, man, I wish I would have went another way with this. And I look at the, you know, the culture in the future now. You know, I got kids and stuff. It's like, man, did I really say that? But that's what yeah. it was. It was real. Yeah. It was yeah. real. And yeah. that's, that's what that's what we were doing. That's what was happening. So. I I I kind of look at it a little differently as being an older adult now and having children. But however, I wouldn't really change it because that's what we were living. That's what we were doing. We were doing gangster rap, and we were being honest to our our, our culture and to our sport. And we was writing about what we saw, what we did, what we heard, and what we lived. So, you know, that's what it was. Yeah. All the groups that that you named before. The Children of the Ghetto, the J.D. Walker. When I moved in Chicago, I moved at a very historic time when it comes to the underground hip-hop. Like, every group coming out in the 90s was legendary, and many are still making music today. Like, we had a radio station that was supporting the local artists, and in particular, we had DJ Pinkhouse breaking records. Tell us about oh, DJ yeah. Pinkhouse and, and uh, how he helped the underground Chicago artists. Man, all right to my man Pinkhouse. I mean, he gave us he gave us uh a really really our first jump off platform in Chicago for underground music, for hip hop, for rap or whatever genre you wanna call it. He really he did a lot to to move our music in the right way for Chicago on the whole, you know, so um I mean just knowing the man was a privilege, you know what I'm saying? He was going way too soon. I know you had so much more to do, but uh, what he left us with, the legacy he left us with, it, it started with a lot of these uh, radio stations in Chicago and now finishing. You know, he was the groundbreaker for a lot of it, you know. So, I mean, he's yeah. a good dude. I mean, I can't remember anything bad about him. I mean, every time I met him, he always had a big smile on his face, and he cared about the music, and, and that's something that is rare nowadays. You know, it wasn't just all about a dollar for him. He really really gave a damn about the music, you know, so he really pushed uh, the envelope to make sure artists got their, their shine and, you know, put people in play, and, and he kicked down a lot of doors for a lot of Chicago artists, so I got nothing but love for him and his memory, and, um, uh, man, he was a good brother. I mean, he, he did a lot for the Chicago movement, and uh, you'll be hard-stretched to find somebody who would say otherwise. Yeah, and, you know, he's actually got a birthday coming up in Two days, I believe the seventeenth. Yeah, it would be his his yeah. birthday. Be yeah. But R.I.P. Uh, my man, Pinkhouse. Yeah, R.I.P. What's your dream project? Ah, my dream, man. I got a few of them, man. I'm uh, I'm actually in the midst of uh, it's kind of away from music, but I'm doing. I'm also working on the soundtrack for it. I've been. It's been underway for the last two and a half, maybe three years. I'm. I'm uh, I've written a movie called The Life that um. Uh, trying to get off the ground. I got a couple 
couple people, uh, producers and things like that in L.A. looking at it. And uh, I was I was about to try to undergo the task myself, but, you know, the way I wanted it, I didn't, you know, I didn't have the funding for it to make it proper, so I, I put a halt on it because I didn't want it to come out halfway. So uh, my dream project at this time is getting this movie out. It's called The Life, and uh, I'm working on the soundtrack, and I've, I've written it, and uh, I'm directing it. And um, um, I'm shooting it around to a couple people out in Hollywood and hoping they pick up on it. At this point, that's my dream project. I'm trying to, uh, you know, trying to not jump ships but build a new ship, so to speak, and uh, start something something new, man. And uh, still with the music, but I I got bitten by the writing bug, man. I I write a lot. Not only do I ghost write, but I've been writing movie scripts and stuff like that. So I'm trying to get that thing afloat. So uh, I'll be looking out for it, man. I'm, I'm keeping my I'm keeping my nose to the grind on it. So uh, pretty soon we're gonna be hearing something about it out here. Whatever you need, man, uh, you just let us know. You know, we'll get you like you need some music. You need some acting. You know what I'm saying? I've been lifting weights, bro. You know, I, I, I'm probably <laughs> whatever you need. You know what I'm saying? And then if you put the news, if you put the movie out, and you need us to promote it or whatnot, you know, we'll promote it out there for you. So. Oh, I'm- Oh yeah, I'm a host today. I'm a host. Okay. Today. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but I'm definitely gonna need you. I'm gonna reach out to you for sure. I mean, there's so many, so many intricate parts that need to be filled in that. So I'm, I'm sure we, we gonna work something out with that. But yeah, yeah, we definitely gonna do that. Maybe now, we get your son to come do some, some, uh, uh, some scores for the, for the movie too, and some. Uh, Lay down some tracks for it as well. So yeah, we can. We oh yeah, he's, got, he's got some. He's got some very beautiful tracks. He does everything. He does R and B. He even tried some reggae. And uh, you know, when I first moved down here to Nashville, and I had the because uh, I'm in Na- I'm in the Nashville area now. I'm in Murfreesboro, and I okay. had a uh, I had to train on my job with the trucking. I already knew the job, but I had to, I was new on the job. They had to give me a trainer for a couple of days. And when he got in the truck. I asked him what he listened to. He said, there's only two types of music, country and Western, right? So I said, go ahead, put it on your station. So we listen to country and Western, and it's got 808, it's got bass, it's got scratching, and I'm looking over here, and, and he's just bobbing his head. I'm, <laughs> and the only difference is that with the uh, with the country music, it got that twang in there. You know what I'm saying? It's just got that twang, right. that country twang. But right. it's like it's like they, right now, it's like if you take that twang out of there, it'd be hard to differentiate it from hip hop. Hip hop blends to everything, man. I mean, you can catch hip hop on on McDonald's commercials to gasoline commercials. I mean, hip hop is everywhere. It's not going nowhere. So it's bleeding over into everything, every aspect, man. What advice would you give to a new artist? The best advice I can give a new artist out here is, man, if this is your craft and this is what you want to do, take it seriously and investigate into this business. It's called a music business for a reason. It's not just a hobby. It's a business, and it's got a whole lot of loopholes and things you need to know. So go to the library and pick up a book, uh, Things to Know About music, the Music Industry, and read that before you just go off of what people tell you. Believe, like, 4% of what somebody tells you and all of what you learn and read up on your, on your own. So my best advice to anybody getting into the game, before you even try to 
start spending money on anything, invest into a book about the music industry and read up and learn about where your point's going, your publishing, the royalties, you know, your mechanical uh, royalties. Learn about the business, the real business of it, and then you'll have a, a, a better view of what you're getting into. So that would be my the best advice I can give anybody in any music in any music avenue. Bone up on your profession. Know what you're getting yourself into. Read a book about the music industry before you even go out spending all this money, paying producers or whatever. Know what you're doing and do it properly. Yeah. Read up on it. For yeah. sure. We got so many artists out here that's getting taken by the game. We we've experienced that ourselves by being ignorant about, you know this thing called music, you know, you think that it's just you go in the studio, you rap, and you get paid. Nah, it's so much more than that. Rapping and writing a song is like 4% of the whole process. I mean, you got to know where all that money is going, where it's coming to, and making sure you got a channel down the right path so it's getting to you, or somebody's going to slide in there and get your bread. So I can't reiterate that enough. Own up on your music industry information. Read a book about it. Right, I right. That. So, yeah. Now, is there any new Chicago artists out there that you'd like to work with? Oh, man, it's so many artists out here. I mean, the young generation that's up in Chicago right now, uh, I like to work with all the Chicago artists, actually. I mean, they got they got, they got got good vibes that's going on up here, you know. So, I mean, I wouldn't even be able to pick this one out. I'm a Chicago dude, so, you know, we mess around with everybody. I, I'm open to mess with all the Chicago artists, for real. Word, word. That's what's up. Now, uh, Bamba, you got any questions? Yeah. How do you feel, like, since you guys kind of originated the, the, the fast style, basically the sniper style, and, like, did everybody kind of, like, copy that? Or was it, like, I mean, how oh, how do you look at that? How do you look at that? Uh, yeah. We, we, we had many beats over the years, even with Bone. I mean, we once shared the same producer. Uh, if you go back and look at their very first album that they released, yeah. Uh, around around I say ninety three ninety four yeah um was it ninety three ninety four maybe it was uh, a little bit later maybe in the early nineties go research Bones first album and listen to how they were rapping we shared we was about to sign with uh, this guy named Pete Black uh, my man Crashman from Chicago shout out Crashman we were uh, he plugged us up with this guy named Pete Black and he was with Island Records this was before. We even got the seawall, and uh, this is what made it was just me and chilling the group at the time before we got the other guys involved. And uh, he had another group he was working with called Bone. And, uh, we didn't know nothing about him. He was sending our music to them, and he was bringing their stuff to us. And we was like, we don't want to hear that. And then you know, <laughs> a little bit later on, you know, because when we start making music, we kind of isolate ourselves. We don't listen to the radio. You know, yeah, we want yeah. to make sure if somebody got some sound like us, it's just like haphazard. It just happened. It's not because we listening or, you know, yeah, we're trying yeah. to figure it out. We, we, like, put ourselves in a bubble when we make music. So he was sending our music down there to them, and next thing you know, they picked up their style, started rapping fast, but they just added harmony with it. I guess yeah. under this guy Pete Black's advice. But there was a couple guys, that, you know, I won't even go into names saying, but a couple yeah. guys in Chicago that we – I run in as well. Because, you know, back then it was like style was everything. So somebody trying to step on your style or steal your style or bite your style, you have, yeah. to go, you have to go holler at them like, dude, that's us. What you doing? Yeah, yeah, so, for yeah, sure. We had, we had man, tons of run-ins with, with looking like substances trying to be, you know, and do <laughs> the sniper thing. So, yeah, we had, we had a whole lot of that. 
So we had to we had to have a lot of sit down and talks with a whole lot of people in the industry and uh, especially in Chicago. But now I look back at hindsight that it was like a form of flattery. So you yeah, know, some sure. aspect some aspects it was like okay, cool. But yeah, back then it was like nah, we ain't having that, so we came holler at them. Word, word. What, yeah. what about the um? What about the days that rap a lot? Like, did you get to work with like Scarface and all the all the other name namesakes that rap a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a lot of work with them. We actually on that Scarface, my homie's album, a song called Overnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was, him and yeah. that. Um, we did. Uh, we collab with Taylor. We collab with. Uh, I actually did some writing. I don't know if you guys remember. Came from that movie, Minister Society. He had a yeah, yeah. A run. He had to run that rap a lot as a rapper for a minute, and I ghost wrote for him. I also Tight. ghost wrote for uh, my man Roy Jones Jr. from a heavy uh, middleweight. Yeah, yeah, world. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghost Dorcel. Ghost Dorcel. Yeah, I, I used to listen to that one by Dort with Dorcel. Yeah, on yeah. On that Unleash the yeah. Beast album. Yeah. Yuck Mouth, yeah. We yeah. Did, yeah, we did some things with Yuck. I mean, we, we collaborated with the whole rap a lot uh, roster, pretty much. A lot of okay. songs that we got, we it's unreleased still to this day. I'm still hearing that they're putting out music, but, you know, I mean, they need to send me a check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whenever the drum award comes out with a crew banger, somebody from the snipers is always on it. Every time. Uh, yeah. Direct. Yeah. yeah. You always gonna find the snipers on a on a drum award crew song. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean snipers and drum award go hand in hand. I mean we are drum award affiliates too, so you know, shout out to Direct yeah. and the whole drum award as well. And uh yeah, yeah. so that's part of the fam, so Yep, that's that's what it is. They always reach back. We always reach back, and we're trying to push forward together. So they got they got a couple of new things that's coming out. I just you know by me being out of town, I just missed the last video that they shot. They was trying to give me that, but you know I missed that. But shout out to my boy Direct. Shout out to the whole Drama Award for real. Word. Yeah. That's right. Well, you at EC Illa's album release party back when that was uh, about when was that? That was. Uh, 2005. I think, uh, yeah, I used to go to the tip. You know, he he have moved he have moved a whole lot of units and CDs for us through the tip. Shout out to Ella too. Uh, but that one for that one, I was also out of town. I was out of St. Louis at that time, and uh, I I send my love and support. But I was out of town making some moves, so I wasn't able to get to that one. I did, however, come. I was at the the next uh, event that he had up in Chicago, but I missed that album release party. Yeah, because I, I had actually went to that one. Yeah, I missed that one. Hey, one, one more thing, though. What's that? I want to let the people know, if you're looking for Stax Malone, you can hit me up on Facebook at Stax Malone, S-T-A-X-X-M-A-L-O-N-E, or you can also hit me a line on my email. It's S-T-A-X-X-M-A-L-O-N-E at gmail.com. For more links to our music, go to YouTube. Stax Malone 1. And uh, hit up Stax Malone on YouTube. Check out some of the new videos that we got going, some of my solo projects. And uh, if you need to, just drop a line. 